Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the original Verbal Reasoning Podcast. We haven't dropped a regular episode in a while, but we're glad to be back. Uh, I'm joined by Steve, and I'm Aaron myself. And this week, we're going to talk about cancer and whether cannabis can cure cancer. So, Steve, do you kind of know the general overview of what cancer is? So, for me, my understanding is that cancer is basically a abnormal mutation of cells so if there's like if the cells basically change in a weird way and they start duplicating Mm -hmm. you know they're no longer functional and therefore they can basically cause you know parts of your body to fail or yeah basically that is the general vibe of it but um to explain it in very lay terms your cells are always dividing They divide, make clones of themselves, the original will die, and then the clone will divide itself and so on. And that's how, you know, the body works. We we constantly have our cells dividing, making copies of themselves and so on and so forth. And those cells will die and new cells will replace them. Where in cancer, what happens is, again, this is a very lay explanation, but in cancer, what happens is uh, a cell which has undergone some form of mutation, which makes it no longer you know a viable cell uh, a useless cell basically or a dysfunctioning uh, cell will not only start to divide and replicate it won't die they almost become immortal so these cells just keep multiplying these cells that aren't useful and in their multiplication if there's enough of them uh, they can cause you know organ failure or you know mm. failure of wherever they are in the body now, where cancer first pops up is called the primary. So right. a primary cancer would be, let's say, for example, you have breast cancer. Right. There'll be an abnormal growth of cells, an uncontrolled uh, multiplication of these cells and uncontrolled cell division. These cells will form, you know, what we call a lump, really, usually. That's a telltale sign of a cancer is a lump, and you know, an unexpected growth. Uh, and let's say it starts off in the uh, in the breast, that will now be the primary breast cancer. Mm. What tends to happen is once these growths grow enough, they undergo a process called angiogenesis where uh, blood vessels start to go through them. Now, this is a problem because what ends up happening is pieces of that tumor can break off and go into the bloodstream and be transported to other sites. Mm. Now, that process was called metastasis, where your cancer metastasizes and goes to other parts of the body uh, and lodges there. And that's a second you know, location. It's not the primary, but it's the meta- metastasized form of the tumor and another part of your body. And generally, when that happens, when the blood, um, when the cancer enters the blood, you don't really have too many treatment options that will completely get rid of the cancer right i see but what you can do is manage the cancer and give the person as long as possible to live the problem with it being in the blood is that it can pop up at any moment in any part of the body and so eventually that person in most cases you know in 90 percent of cases will die from cancer at some point in their life whether that be you know in the next year or maybe in the next 20 years eventually it will happen because you can't get rid of the the cells it's all all throughout the body so what treatment options do these people tend to have uh in the best case scenario it's called early and by early it means while it's still in its primary form 
and it's not too large where it's got too many vessels running through it and it's not attached to a part of the organ which you know if you were to for example cut off it would kill the patient right so you don't want it to be too far along you want it to be primary and early on in its in its development the you, cancer you see when you can actually feel it is that early enough or are you like in trouble once you can tell i mean it, it depends because um for example some some tumors might be more towards the you know the surface of the of the skin they'll be closer to the skin so obviously you'll be able to feel them even if they were in the beginning like for example breast cancer that's why they you know we always say make sure to check your breasts make sure to check for example with men check your testicles because mm. they're relatively close to the skin surface right i mean you can't feel your liver with your hands to feel a lump right right but if it's something on the surface you can feel it and it's not necessarily a sign that it's progressed severely if you can feel it um, but it is a sign that you have cancer if you've got an unexpected lump that's just appeared. Uh, although in many cases, it can just be uh, what they call a fibroadenoma, which is just like a, a growth of kind of fatty tissue cells that isn't necessarily a cancerous thing. So if you're listening to us and you've got some sort of lump, go get it checked out, but don't automatically mm. assume you've got cancer. That's not what we're saying. You can have a lump on your body for a million different reasons, but that is one sign of cancer. And the treatment options are basically if you've, if caught early, you have a operation where they excise the cancer, which just means to cut out the cancer. So before it's spread, some right. other things that they can do is give you chemotherapy, radiotherapy, just a whole host of different types of drugs, new adjuvant therapy, whatever. Um, now the plan with this really is to try and kill as many cells as possible. And in the process also kill as much of the cancer as possible. So often when you see someone undergoing, for example, chemotherapy, you're literally giving them a type of poison that destroys all the cells, but you're trying to kill enough of the cancer cells without killing the patient to allow the cancer to be completely gone. Uh, sometimes they give this before the surgery because they want to decrease the size of the tumor to a point where it can be excised. And sometimes they give it after the surgery where just in case there's, it's in the margins of where they've cut, so when, when you cut it, the margin is basically the um, outer edge of the cut. In case there is some tumor there, they want to give you, you know, chemo or whatever to make sure that it's fully gone. Um, there's many different ways of treating many different types of cancers. And obviously this isn't like a blanket statement for every type of cancer, but it's just a very lay explanation. I'm not a consultant, you know, neither is Steve. So don't take what we're saying for absolute gospel, but this is just kind of a, a brief overview, a very simplistic mm. overview of what cancer is and some of the current treatment options. Generally speaking, the whole point of cancer research is to A, detect the cancer early. B, uh, if a person does have cancer, how can you create a type of medication or a type of treatment that targets specifically cancer cells and not the healthy cells? Because as I mentioned with most chemo, I mean, you're destroying most of the person's body in the attempt to get the cancer out. Mm. and uh you know other than that there might be uh kind of treatment options where or research done to kind of improve the types of surgeries types of drugs as i mentioned and yeah like i said try to find some form of what they call liquid biopsy which would be either looking at the urine or the blood to try and figure out some biomarkers which will allow the person to be uh you know diagnosed at an earlier stage because early detection is one of the best ways you know, is one of the best outcomes for the patient. 
Um, so that's kind of where cancer is at the moment. Right. But and in terms of like, some, so, so, so before we yeah. move on to alternative treatments, hmm. in terms of like what can cause cancer, you know, uh, what is the main contributor? I mean, I guess there's also, there's random mutations, but so can other things cause the cancer? The whole kind of research industry of, you know, cancer research is trying to answer that question. You know, what actually causes the cancer? Because while there are a number of proven, uh, you know, proven things that are carcinogenic, so, you know, things that you can do that will lead to you developing a tumour or increase the likelihood of you having a tumour, there is no, like, a definitive cause where you can say, you know, every person who's had yeah. cancer has had it because of this. Mm -hmm. As you said, it could be a genetic thing. It could be because of lifestyle choices. It could be because of a number of reasons. But there isn't, like, a specific you know this is caused yep. directly by this you i mean can always assume for example like cigarette smoking yeah uh, that often leads to throat and lung cancers uh, drinking excessively leads to throat and liver cirrhosis which can be a form of you know can develop into a form of cancer um you know being overweight being obese that can lead to cancer um of different types so, you know, definitely a person's, you know, day-to-day -day lifestyle and what they consume, uh, you know, how they live their life can definitely affect whether or not they're going to develop cancer down the line. But there's plenty of people who live very healthy lifestyles and, you know, work out regularly, eat healthy and still end up with a form of cancer as well. So yeah. that, that's, where we, that's where maybe the genetics aspect of it plays a role. But again, there is no like definitive cause. And... Um... So my understanding is also certain viruses can increase your chance of getting cancer. Is that correct? Like uh, yeah, I mean, there's so HPV right. is a is a type of uh, virus that I believe can lead to um, ovarian cancer and sometimes throat cancer as well. Um, so yeah, I think there are there are very rare specific mm. types of viruses that can lead to cancers. But again, this isn't my you know that isn't my specialty, so I wouldn't really know. Yeah, I, I mean, I was out my layman research on the um uh, i believe it was cancer.org which is an american mm. uh, page which gives you some information <clears throat> they kind of classify different car carcinogenics i think they're called you can yeah. probably correct me in my english but you'd be surprised of what's on the so they they have different classifications the highest is number one and under classification number one you'd be surprised of you know what's included and, so, and so some things are just like everyday items like wood dust I mean, oh yeah, definitely, yeah. You know I mean, if you ever put uh, a table together, well done, you've got cancer. Process meat. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's another thing. You know, yeah. back in the day, uh, what was it, lead or something, zinc or yeah. something like that? They, they, like lead, stuff yeah. that was being used regularly nowadays. You know, are often banned mm. uh, unless you have certain kind of um, safety equipment with you because they lead to cancer. So right now, we might be doing something that we're unaware of you know, that leads to cancer. Like for, for example, a lot of people always talk about, well, we keep mobile phones in our pockets all the time and there's an increase of testicular cancer. Could it be mm. related? So, you know, again, we don't know. Maybe there will be some things 10 years, 15 years down the line where they're like, oh, by the way, you know, you two having a podcast led to you having cancer. Yeah, yeah. You, you Twitter definitely gave me cancer. That's yeah, what exactly, saying. exactly. So we, we don't know about those sorts of things. really. Mm. That's quite interesting. And I, and you went through a bunch of like, um, not solutions, but treatments. But mm. I hear there's also like kind of alternative, you know, mm -hmm. uh, examples. And 
basically what this episode is really about is looking into the case of marijuana and cancer. Yeah. And um, there's actually been quite quite a bit of research into this. I was a bit surprised when I looked at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will hear the later. You, you know, you've all heard that story of that guy that swears that if you smoke a joint, it will kill your cancer. You know what I mean? Like, you're right. Yeah, it's I... not going to go away. <laughs> so I was working in a, a hospital, which I won't name, but I was working in a hospital and we had an issue with our window. It wouldn't shut properly. So we called the states. The states came down and the guy's kind of fixing it. And he goes, oh, what do you guys do? And we kind of had to explain, oh, we're, we're you know, cancer researchers and uh, this and that. We're setting up some trials and we're using all these different new medications to try and treat patients. He just kind of looked us dead in the eye and went, you man, I'm wasting your time. Man. I said, what? <laughs> Excuse me? He goes, yeah, man, listen, I, I got some CBD oil and I cured my uncle. I said, oh, yeah, swear down, you killed your uncle. And he goes, yeah, man, you guys are just wasting your time. I'm telling you, marijuana is the one, but the big, big industry, they don't want you to, they don't want you to use it because, you know, it's going to affect their, and he was just going on and on. And then I just asked him, so did you give your uncle just CBD oil during this time or was he also getting chemotherapy? And he said, yeah, he was getting chemotherapy, but I also gave him CBD oil. I said, well, then you didn't cure him. <laughs> you know, he's been given treatment, right? So mm. often that kind of extrapolation is made where, you know, someone is given, let's say someone is, let's say, smoking marijuana and at the same time they're getting cancer treatment. And then when their cancer is cured, you know, if it is cured, they'll say, oh, it was because of the marijuana. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, when you have an accident, the doctor does 11 hours of surgery and then they thank God it's the same type of vibe. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Like they conflate variables, but they don't even know what a variable is, let's be honest. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, so like we said, you, you know, every, everyone has heard that, that kind of example and, yeah, everyone has an uncle that got cured from cancer with weed, basically. Yeah, basically. And there's always the uncle that was always smoking beforehand. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what, what's funny is that, you know, there's been some research into this. And it is interesting that they there is an admittance that marijuana can be helpful. Um, and uh, there's an extent to how it can be helpful. There's a context. So um, basically in different compounds of marijuana, they have... Uh, there's yeah there's different compounds inside and they all have their own action on the human body let's say and i I believe thc is the one that causes the high in people um and -hmm. studies have shown that this can help relieve pain and nausea um or and help reduce inflammation which is really good for someone who's going through you know really bad therapy or um Absolutely, yeah. But yeah. if they have radiotherapy, chemotherapy, it doesn't matter if they've had surgery, whatever. Um, that's definitely something that I'm very pro about because um, I've also worked in a pharmacy for many years and we had patients who would come in with chronic pain and actually a few of them had pulled me to one side and said, you know what, I've started smoking weed and it's really helped me mm. because it do- definitely does have that effect, the anti-inflammatory effect. And it's definitely something that would help relieve pain. Yeah, um, and you know, also, hell, if you're if you're trying to relieve pain and you're also, you know, you want to kind of doze off for a couple of hours and you know, be high as a kite, then fuck it, why not? You know, bro, why I'm, not, bro? Collect your universal credit and just just want to relieve. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, I, I I don't see why there should be a taboo on on uh, if you even want to call it alternative medicine. It's just it's just a compound that has an effect, so it's just medicine, right? Um, what I have, what have, a, what I have a uh, particular hate against, it's fake um, medicine. So exactly of making the claim that you know beyond its its realm to say that it cures it, 
is is not scientifically founded. So again, just keep on reading on from the uh, cancer.org website. You know, there's many studies that showed that marijuana use can be helpful for treatment of neuropathic pain. So this is yeah. pain caused by damaged nerves, which is an amazing thing. Um, uh, more recently, scientists reported that THC and other cannabinoids such as CBD slow growth or cause death in certain types of cancer cells grown in a lab dish, right? Some animals have also suggested. Uh, however, this is not a conclusion. You know, just because you saw a small effect does not mean that this is, um, you know, the case for a full bang, shebang cancer in a human body. So, um, and I think this is where people will start, you know, getting things wrong is where they see like studies where, oh yeah, there's, you know, one, two cell in a dish and they've, they've, they're seeing some kind of an effect. They still don't know exactly whether it's going to be positive in the long run or whatever. And then they just extrapolate it and say, oh, you know, that means for the human body, it will cure it. And it's like, well, not really. There's no information or evidence on this. So I don't know. How do you feel about this? I believe at some point there was a paper that was released in which they said that in a, if you put a cell, if you put a bunch of cells into a Petri dish and you, you know, some of them are cancer cells and you apply a really high dosage of THC or CBD or one of those compounds that it will kill the cancer cells, but it would also kill the regular cells. It might favor the cancer cells a tiny bit, but Mm. generally speaking, it will kill all the cells. So in a Petri dish, it kind of, you know, make of that what you will, but the reality is when you do a lot of things in the Petri dish or you do them in the lab, when you do them on a human being in, you know, in, you know, real life circumstances often doesn't translate at all. And there's mm. many variables and the human body is way more complex than just putting a few cells into a Petri dish and trying to give it, you know, bombarding it with stuff and seeing, Oh, these died and these didn't die and so on. So, you know, my general take on marijuana and weed is that we, in terms of you know medicinal use is that if it helps ease pain and inflammation and as you said neuropathic pain uh, which we know it does i mean you know the kind of the yeah. way it works uh, because of the way it works we know that it does do that but um and i'm all for it and i'm all for anyone who needs it to use it but to kind of claim that no no i'll just smoke away the cancer and you know to, uh, you know there's been instances where people have refused to take you know, surgical, you know, medicinal treatment because they believe that they can just cure it at home themselves is, is you wouldn't believe how many people actually try to do that. I mean, it it doesn't work. For for me, it's funny that, you know, just smoking something is going to help with cancer (laughs) because it's like you're breathing in embers and saying they're going to smoke weed. And it's like, well, do you know, you're kind of, it's kind of, kind of counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, the, the studies, there are multiple, multiple studies and there's other studies that show that um, the opposite. So in terms of it can uh, cause, a, obviously, a user to uh, lose control of his movement, um, obviously not full inhibition. Uh, this can cause in certain individuals extreme disorientation and anxiety and paranoia. And we all know that, let's be honest, we all know that one guy <laughs> that did a bit too much and got paranoid and so... Yeah, that's actually a side yeah. effect of weed that not a lot of people talk about. And again, I'll give you an example of I used to work at a pharmacy and this woman came in and she said, can I son, sign my sons up for methadone treatment? Now, methadone is, I mean, in my opinion, is basically heroin, crack, same thing, 
but it's you know government regulated and what they do is they give people this methadone let's say a liter a day and they slowly wean them off of it in an attempt to get them off drugs but what ends up happening is most people just stay on methadone for the rest of their lives and this woman came in and said i need to put my sons onto that treatment and so we asked well what what is the situation can you explain to us and she she basically said when they smoke weed they beat me and their dad up they get paranoid they get vicious and they attack us. Mm. And, you know, according to current guidelines, we were like, well, we can't really put them on methadone for weed. Yeah. But, you know, they, there are some, you know, whether or not that's a common thing or a rare thing is up to, you know, the statisticians. I don't know. I would think it's a rare, rare side effect, but, you know, it is a side effect nonetheless. Let's put it this way. It's not unheard of for people. To it's get not paranoid. unheard of. Yeah, so definitely. It's one of those ones where each individual is going to have their own, uh, you know, is it their own effect? And I think this happens with most drugs, let's be honest. Like most drugs has a disclaimer to say, you know, you could be one of those guys that yeah, have I mean, a bad adverse there's effect been to this. instances where people have taken um like regular paracetamol and had a severe side effect to it. You know, the, as I said, the human body is very complex and you never know what's gonna happen when you give someone a drug and everyone mm-hmm. reacts, you know, in their own way to you know, third party or you know, outer body substances so we, we there's no real there's no real textbook definition of what's going to happen with any drug especially stuff like cannabis and other recreational drugs now when you were looking up a lot of these papers i'm sure you would have noticed that a lot of them would have been from you know maybe eastern european countries maybe mm. from you know far east asia and very specific locations within europe now, the reason is obviously the legal side of things. Even if you're using, even if you're, you know, in possession of marijuana for research purposes, it's only certain places that can do that research. And especially in, you know, Europe and so on, while there has been cannabis research done, it's not something that's done to the scale of maybe other research topics because right. of the legal, you know, ramifications of it and the kind of, permits that you need to have to be able to actually do research with that and so we actually don't know the long-term effects of of marijuana other than from the people we've seen growing up smoking it for 20 years and you notice that they all become quite like dull forgetful they have the you know the cough Mm -hmm. and all of this like so there's not actually a lot of research done on that as well and you know how in the beginning you said Oh, well, you know, when you look at the list of things that can cause cancer, for example, there's some stuff that you'd never think. And I, and I said, well, you know, maybe in 10, 15 years, we'll find out that something we're doing every day is going to end yeah. up giving us cancer. It I mean, I'm not this. saying that weed will give you cancer. That's not what I'm trying to say. But what I'm trying to say is there's not been enough longitudinal studies. So yeah. studies that look over a long period of time at what happens when you smoke weed, let's say every day or every week, or, you know, cause some guys are smoking, smoking it every day. Right. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know if what happens when you smoke that for 40 years straight, could it be like cigarettes at the end of the day, you're inhaling smoke. They found that, you know, e-cigarettes can lead to all sorts of lung complications. So why can't this? Yeah. I was about to say like vape pens are the new fad. Right. And I remember when it came out, they were like, Oh, it's, it's clean. You know, there's no, there's no evidence to show that. Yeah, because th- there's no time. We didn't. We didn't have any data. You guys were steam boiling their lungs, and then they're wondering why. You know what I mean? Like, of course, yeah. Anything like that is going to lead to some sort of complications down the line. 
it's like, don't you have common sense? Like, it's not good to inhale smoke. Like, <laughs> let's be honest, you don't put your, your mouth at the end of an exhaust pipe. That's essentially what you're doing. Um, exactly. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think, yeah. uh, again, like, I'm not necessarily pro or against marijuana, um, but I just think that, you know, you do need to apply some common sense to it. And I find it strange when, for example, people who don't trust vaccines and this and that go, go and smoke weed a lot. And I'm like, well, you know, if you're talking about, oh, I don't know about enough, there isn't enough research on, for example, the COVID vaccine. Well, there isn't necessarily enough research on marijuana and its long-term effects either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, can't pick and choose what you want to, what you want to use and do. And yeah, I'm not exactly. necessarily saying do or don't do this or that, but I'm just saying you can't really extrapolate, as you said in the beginning, you know, my uncle's having chemotherapy, but at the same time he's smoking weed. He's cured of his cancer, and I'm gonna say that it's because of the weed. You just don't know. <laughs> you just yeah, it's don't confirmation know. It's like, bias. It's like it's confirmation stupid. bias. It's interesting, isn't it? But I also do agree, though, that it's really, really stupid to ban substance for research and like in medicine because at the end of the day, it's all just compounds and they all just have effects. You know, like I remember I, I had a surgery. It, it was to like repair a bone that was snapped in half, and the stuff they put me on, boy, like. <laughs> <laughs> that that got me you know what i mean i was flying bruv so but obviously it was good because it removed the pain like i wasn't feeling the intense again pain. that's where there's the standoff i mean on one hand you're saying oh well we can't you know legalize this or that substance for medicinal use because we don't know the long-term effects and then on the other hand it's well in the short term at the very least that person doesn't have to feel pain I mean, is there specific scenarios where you can, like, for example, tomorrow, could they say, just give LSD to patients who are, you know, in, in chronic pain? Mm. I mean, what, where is the, where is the cutoff? Could you like, you know, could you give someone who is in severe pain and maybe got a week left to li- live, you know, um, cocaine? <laughs> you know That's what I'm mean? saying. No, no, but honestly, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, why, like, why not? We should at what, give grandma cocaine. Point? Yeah. Because then they could go around, and I'm joking, <laughs> but but they do. They they like for example, my grandma. Yeah, she could. She found it very hard to walk towards the end of her she life. She was on cocaine. No, 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 not cocaine. <laughs> but she she goes to the doctor, and he, she he gave her steroids, right? Yeah. And it was yeah. like right now, it's it's a case of you know your your old you're an old lady. We're trying to improve mm. your standard of living. Do you know what I mean we're not here for longevity anymore? So that's it was a, a very good point. Yeah, for walking so she can get around, they gave her steroids um, t- so she's able to move. And for someone at that age, it makes perfect sense. You it's- know what? I've actually considered this for myself as well because I've always wondered. I've always said like, okay, let's say I'm 60 and I'm just one of those guys whose body just gives out super quickly, which, you know, could happen because every time mm. I go to the gym, I can't walk for a week because my back hurts. So mm. um, probably poor form, but whatever. And I've always thought to myself, if I was 60 and they said to me, cool, with no, let's say, trend, you can live till, I don't know, let's say you can live till 90 years old, but your quality of life is going to be miserable. You're going to be barely able to walk around, barely able to do anything. Or you're going to have another 15 years of life. So you're going to be gone at 75, but we're going to give you trend and you're going to work out and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger for the last 15 years of your life. Mm. Which one would you want? Brother, give me all the trend. All <laughs> no, of but you know what it is? It's not even about that. Yeah, I should have the option. Yeah, exactly. I should have the option to just walk up to my doctor and say, you know what? Look, I understand the side effects. At the end of the day, it's my body. 
just prescribe me testosterone, pres- uh, you know, prescribe me steroids, you know, just give me absolutely everything. Prescribe me heroin. Fuck it. Like it's my <laughs> body. I'm making the decision. I know the risks. I want I th- this thing. Give it to me. I think there should be gates as in like the doctor should give you the access. If that makes sense. It shouldn't be you deciding what's best for you medically. Like, as we do with prescription, it should no, be no. What should happen is the doctor should give you an explanation. And in the same way that, for example, you can go up to a doctor and the doctor says, okay, you've got cancer. I'm going to give you chemotherapy. You're mm. still within your right to be like, well, no, I'm not taking it. Exactly. Yeah. Right? No, I agree. Yeah. So it you, should be yeah. in the same way. So like the doctor should explain to me, okay, if you take, you know, steroids at the age of 60, you're only going to live another 10 years. And then I'll say to them, okay, but is it going to allow me to walk around and be active in those mm. 10 years and have a relatively good, you know, quality of life and they say to me well yeah you will have a decent quality of life but like i said you'll die earlier mm. it's up to me at that point to decide what i want to do but if i agree you say, i agree yeah. if you say oh no you know we're not going to allow old men to be on steroids you know what i mean then it's like well you're not giving me the option so that that's something that i definitely don't mm-hmm. agree with either no i agree with you yeah if the doctor says okay look here are the two solutions here are the side effects I, I will prescribe you both. I'm happy with that, but you must decide for yourself. I'm fine with that. What I'm not fine with is like someone walking in and be like, yeah, you know what? I want some chins or because I'm, I'm lazy this week. Do you know what I mean? I just need a pick me up. That's yeah. I mean, there's people. a lot of like young people who are now going on, like, you know, if, if you've ever been on gym TikTok, who are like yeah. going to the doctors and making up symptoms so that they can get some trend, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like some testosterone, sorry, so that they can just, you know, get jacked. But obviously, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but, you know, there, there's different things to kind of look at. And um, over the years, many different things have been spoken of as miracle cures or you know, miracle healers and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, one of these people who have kind of really pushed uh, alternative medicine. So like, you know, how we discussed cannabis in the beginning, this guy called Dr. Sebi. Now, he believed in something called the, um, the alkaline diet. Uh, and he basically said that if you replace any acid forming foods with alkaline forming foods in your body, then, you know, through this long convoluted way, there's a chemical reaction and it breaks down any kind of uh, uh, cancers and any, mm. anything bad, any, you know, any waste in your body. And uh, you might have heard of him before. And they always claim that he cured HIV, he cured cancer, and he claimed this, uh, he cured all these different kind of ailments. Uh, and Nipsey Hussle was making a documentary on him when he was shot and killed. And therefore there's a big conspiracy, you know, big farmer is killed this man off. And uh, really all you need to do is change your diet and you will Mm -hmm. uh, in fact uh, cure cancer and cure this and cure that. Now, when you really examine it, as I said in the beginning, if you're somebody who's obese, if you're somebody who is eating harmful foods and eating foods, which are known to be cancer, cancerogenic, Yes, you're increasing your likelihood of cancer. So in a way, if you do change your diet, as he says, uh, and eat less acidic and maybe eat a bit healthier, of course, you will, you will be healthier in the long term, right? So that's, yeah, yeah. that's point one. Uh, point B, they often say that he uh, was taken to court to disprove him, but um, they couldn't disprove it. Uh, and he beat the case because he has actually cured HIV and cancer. But in reality, what happened was is He's called Dr. Sebi, but he's not actually a doctor. And so whatever he was saying to these people couldn't be considered as medical advice. And so therefore he wasn't 
he wasn't lying to anyone about anything because he wasn't claiming to be a doctor anyway. So it's a bit like me saying to you, oh, you should eat this. Right, and then right. somebody trying to take me to court and saying, well, you know, Aaron told Steve to eat on a beetroot to cure his cancer. He should be sued. But he's like, well, I'm not a doctor, though. Yeah. So, no so that's how he beat the case. Right. Mm-hmm. So then it's created this whole kind of mythology around him. Yeah. Mythology around him mm-hmm. that like he, he can cure all, ca- all types of diseases and cancers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and again, the worry is that people will go towards that kind of medicine while completely disregarding the other kinds. Look, I, I do believe diet has a big effect on your health. Of course, like if you, of even, course, it's known. Yeah, it is is a no brainer. This is why athletes eat clean. Do you know what I mean? So their body yeah, performs yeah. better. It's just, it just is is obvious, and not just that that is obvious. Like there's a lot of data to support it as well. And I I think like this, you see, Doctor Sebi's and these kind of like mythological doctors. I think they're born because what's being prescribed at the hospitals or how, how I feel at least as a consumer of medicine is that it's always like drug-based and pill-based, but they never really tackle it on a lifestyle way where, mm. and then what that creates is this hole for Dr. Sebi to come in and say, Hey, I've got this amazing lifestyle that you can take up, but it goes beyond be- belief where it goes and it will cure your cancer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I mean, like the, this guy has claimed to have cured HIV, cancer, yeah, like yeah. all of these things that modern science is struggling with. He's, cu- he's claimed to cure it. Mm, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. But for example, like um, I was looking into fasting recently and like papers mm. on fasting and it has a lot of good benefits for you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know what? Yeah. Like, don't let, don't let um, you know, the, the Twitter muftis see this because uh, the <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll lose their minds. But yeah. Um, yeah, actually, no, that, that's definitely true. That is, is very true that fasting has been shown time and time again to actually be very beneficial for the body. Um, so, like, for example, that's a lifestyle change, right? Yeah. So that's something that if you just do as part of your life, so if you implement that, obviously you fast, but, you know, you can drink water. It's not like a full-on yeah, yeah, exactly. fast. But, you know, it's like stuff like that. Of course, it's going to help your health in the long term as well. And so what happens is if somebody is, let's say, going to the doctor for 40 years, about I don't know, a niggly elbow and the guy keeps giving them a surgery and medication and nothing seems to help it because their lifestyle at the time is just not conducive to them having a good shoulder. Exactly. Then when somebody, as you said, there's a vacuum created and then somebody comes along and says, listen, brother, you don't need all of that. Come with me to the gym. I'm going to show you this. I'm going to show you that. They show them a different type of workout. They strengthen the muscle around them. Let's say the shoulder, you know, they change their lifestyle. They eat better. They work out more. They, they just, you know, Mm-hmm. leading a lifestyle that is going to lead to better outcomes then all of a sudden it's like well god damn it i've been swindled by my doctor for all these years mm. well it is it though is it because you've you've been swindled by your doctor or is it because you've changed your lifestyle exactly yeah they play themselves exactly yeah so i think i think you know it's, it's very important to kind of draw the distinction that you know what is actually helpful and what isn't and I, that being said, we had on the, you know, we had the herbal medicine episode. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is true that actually, you know, a lot of these home remedies, they do work. They I think what work. it is, Aaron, so, I, you know, I think what it is, is that in the official system, and I think we, yeah, we spoke, we spoke about it um, in that episode, but like in the system and the resources that the doctors have at hand, you know, they can, I feel like they can only prescribe certain things that are cost-effective for them. For example, oh yeah, we know that this will be in a pharmacy, so you go take this. 
I'm, I'm more than sure they are aware that there's other ways to tackle this issue. But what's just efficient in that system is this way. But what that really does is that it doesn't tackle specific needs in a way and yeah. it alienates all other solutions. So I don't think doctors are wrong, but I think because you're not able to get that specific attention um, that they can, that they just can't give it to you, you know, it leaves out a lot of the lifestyle options, uh, day-to-day herbal uh, remedies. I mean, like chamomile, is, you, you know, that, that that's the kind of tea that you know, actually helps you actively sleep. And there's obviously it goes on and on, but um, I think this is the the issue, and this is why people get swindled by Doctor Sebi's. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I think this is what the crux of the issue is. Yeah, I mean, um, as you mentioned, like for example, working in a hospital, you see one doctor has to see like a hundred goddamn patients in a day. Let's say you got ten minutes with each one what really can you do in those 10 minutes other than prescribe them a drug, a quick fix and let them be on their way? You can't really do much. It's not that necessarily the doctors don't want to do it or the physios don't want to do it or the nurses don't want to do it. It's just a case of, again, you know, when we talk about the underfunding of the NHS, this is kind of what it's about. There's not enough time in the day for them to sit down with each patient and get them to change their lifestyle. And, you know, we say this, but of course, there are some conditions where a change of lifestyle ain't going to help you. you yeah, of course. Some yeah. form of surgery or some form of medication. But, you know, we're talking about the stuff that can be solved with, you know, a change in your lifestyle. Unfortunately, the doctors don't have the time to sit there and convince a person to change their life. I don't know if you've ever seen that show um, where they get someone who's like, you know, so morbidly obese. Yes, like I've seen it. To carry them around. Yeah, um, yeah. And they say to them, the doctor says, look, I'm going to cover all of your costs for you to have liposuction and this and that. But what I need you to do is lose, I don't know, 20 kilos within a year so that you can have the surgery safely. Mm. But what ends up happening, is there was an episode of a woman in particular where not only was she sneaking in food herself, her boyfriend was sneaking in food for her. She actually gained weight during her hospital <laughs> stay to lose weight. I shouldn't laugh. I just have a very dark sense of humor. But yeah, yeah so, that's the, so the doctor was like, look, I can give you this surgery but, you know, at your current weight, it's not safe. And let's say you have the surgery. If you don't change your lifestyle, yeah. you're just going to gain the weight back anyway. Again, it's not cost effective. If someone doesn't have the motivation or can break that psychology, you know, it's just a waste of time. He probably wasted hours of his time where he could have just done that quick treatment straight away. And you got to think about it like this as well. That doctor, his time is valuable, right? There's, you know, if he spends, I don't know, three weeks on this one patient, what mm. about the backlog of the hundreds of other patients that he could have seen in that time and given exactly, some form yeah. of treatment to? So, you know, obviously multiple things come into play with does, uh, you know, cannabis cure cancer and so on and so forth. But I think that isn't really the question. The question is like, why do people believe that you can just smoke weed or you can just have an alkaline diet or you can just, you know, think away certain conditions where, you know, we know that's just not the case. You're either going to have to take some sort of pharmaceutical surgical intervention or you're going to have to change your lifestyle completely to be able to overcome whatever this chronic condition is but Mm -hmm. why is it that people don't want to listen to that and i mean there's many different variables at play there yeah it's it's an interesting one isn't it because then you see people coming in and for example like smoking like we know it not only does it cause cancer but it destroys your lungs and you know you have a lot of bad uh side effects off it Everyone knows this, yet people decide to keep going, even though they know they're suffering. 
yet they still go to the doctor for the very thing they know they're suffering about without quitting. Do you know what I mean? So it's not easy. You can't. And this is you why the Dr. Sebi's exist again, because the doctors can't deal with this psychological psychological battle with their patient. I mean, first, need to get first I think I think we need more therapists, if anything. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people oh, 100%. Are, you know, yeah, they definitely need to see a therapist before they need to see a, you know, I don't know, like a um a rheumatologist or whatever. So that's one thing. And then on top of it, actually a good point that you bring up with smoking. Like, for example, smoking was something that was actively promoted despite the, you know, they say they didn't know at the time, but the science in a lot of cases did show that it was very harmful. But a lot of these big companies, they they didn't really care. They still pushed um, mm. smoking. And even when we were kids, you would see adverts for it. Adverts for cigarettes where, and, you know, we still see adverts for alcohol. Yeah. Now yeah. we know these things can cause cancer. It's crazy, yeah. We know how like detrimental they are and they form addictions as well. So yeah, why exactly. is it that, for example, these are legal and actively promoted, but for example, something like weed, because like, I'm not going to go to an extreme example. I'm not going to say cocaine or heroin, but I'm going to say mm. weed. Like, mm. you know, as far as we know, with the research, granted it may be limited, with the research we have done, there is nothing to suggest that weed is worse than cigarettes. Bro, alcohol is definitely worse. Alcohol is um, definitely worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, To say that straight up. Uh, but there's nothing necessarily that, you know, alcohol uh, alters your state of mind in the same way that uh, marijuana does. And, you know, as with marijuana, way we've said some people can get very paranoid and aggressive. You know, I would argue that the majority of people, if they drink too much, get angry. It's a depressant, alcohol, So We know <laughs> alcohol is a depressant, full stop. Exactly. Like. So yeah. I'm not really understanding why that is legal where we know it can cure it can cause cancer whereas weed which you know you can make an argument can have medicinal purposes is illegal it just doesn't make sense to me so it's like mm. you know you need to attack this kind of problem with a proper solution yeah yeah and i think you know again like most of the time the general public is taken for more of a fool than they actually are like people are going to look at that and make that point that's a very obvious and valid point like why is it that you're allowing alcohol and cigarettes but not weed mm. it's, it's a valid point i mean the only argument i've heard is oh well weed uh, smells yeah but so does a lot of other things bro <laughs> have you know I mean? never sat next to alki like <laughs> do you know what i mean like alcoholics yeah. there's a smell Stink, coming off of them cigarette smokers people yeah. who chain smoke you, you can smell that as well it's not necessarily something that is is specific to just weed exactly and like, you know i don't smoke weed i don't even have it recreationally either so you know don't think that i'm actively supporting legalization of weed because i just want to get high mm. i'm just saying that you know when you look at it from just a logical standpoint you're thinking why is this thing illegal while these other things aren't exactly yeah on a, on a scientific on a scientific yeah. mode and, and that's yeah, the on way a scientific the, level the, i just i'm not yeah. understanding it at all mm. and people are pointing that out and you know rightfully so so when you turn around and you you know say no to something that seems so logical that's when the conspiracies start up that's when people say, oh, exactly. it's because it, it can cure cancer and they don't want people to know about that because the cancer industry has a lot of money in it. You know, th then people start putting two and two and getting 11. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, exactly. you're kind of causing the problem yourselves and you're seeing all these hefty fines and Ridiculous. prison sentences for people who have weed. You're thinking, fucking hell, man, really? Yeah, it's such it's an sad. overreaction, especially in countries like America. It's ridiculous, yeah. It's actually caused a generational depression in terms of like societal depression in certain communities. I mean, 
we can go into that in another episode, but uh, over something so benign when you compare it to other legal things, you know, something that can also be a medicine, you know, these people could have just been farmers, let's be honest, and earned a living. But Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. the funny thing is now in America, they've legalized it. And many people are making millions, if not billions, off of uh, legal weed that they're selling off their farms. And you're thinking, well, what's changed from 10 years ago and today? Has the research really changed so much? Has the research outcomes changed so much mm-hmm. that now suddenly it's, it's legal? Not really. All and that's happened about, is you've signed yeah. a piece of paper today to say it's okay and yesterday it wasn't. And now all those people who have got these crazy convictions for something that you now agree is not you know, detrimental to the extent that you were making out to be, have had their lives ruined. Or lost their lives, Aaron, let's be honest. Like, yeah, no, yeah, definitely lost This ended lives. up being a criminal, um, only available in the criminal realm, obviously. And we know how it goes, bro. Like, people yeah, lost people their lives. people going in this. through minor possession end up, you know, in, in drugs and gangs and, yeah. you know, it leads down a, a different path completely. And it's just When it could have been like a legitimate that. business, yeah. which I'll be honest, like... Let's be honest. Like we we know in America, the, mo- the demographic that got really screwed on this was Black Americans, right? This is just statistically correct. Like the majority of these uh, marijuana uh, convictions was in that community, and and now these multi million German companies are coming in, basically cornering the market. And the majority of them aren't from the African American American communities. Yeah, and so... guess what? They're still in jail as well. It's 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 actually insane. Is insanity, and it's yeah, not I mean, this definitely about, is forgotten. a topic for another podcast. But yeah. I will say, Kamala Harris was talking about how when she gets into you know office, uh, keep the receipts. I'm gonna expunge everyone's um, records who've been done for marijuana. And she's someone who highly convicted people for that. And mm. you know, as we're seeing, mate, nothing's happened. They haven't expunged shit. They haven't done nothing. None of the promises they have give, have given have actually you know stuck. And you know, not to not to put two and two together and get 11, as I said, but realistically, when you see stuff like that happening and Trump says, yo, you know what? I'm going to run again. Yeah. I'm not. So I wouldn't be surprised if you get Trump back. I'm going to be honest with you. Bro, I can't lie. I'm keeping 100. He's coming back, bro. We're seeing uh, part two. Listen, listen, we started off talking about cancer and, you know, marijuana. And now we're talking about Trump getting reelected. But all of these things are like societal issues. And, you know, when you see something as simple as this, where they've said, okay, we're going to, expunge records and now they're not doing it you know that can have a knock-on effect where it can even change presidencies it's a big yeah, it's yeah. a big issue it's a big topic in in our current society well i guess uh, i think we've had a quite a good chat on that and just for our listeners if you're interested in this topic check out one of our previous episodes with the herbal one um she's great uh, she has a bunch of products as well um which basically help you with sleep and digestion um moonbeams i think the other one is bitter digest um, she's really knowledgeable. Go check her out on Instagram underscore Herber one and check out the episode that we've done with her before. And maybe in the future, we'll do another one. Who knows? Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I guess on, on this note, I hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We're back and we're not just going to do movies anymore. Don't worry. This was just a little run because we got our cinema for free, but yeah, um, yeah you'll, you'll be hearing from us a lot more often and we look forward to doing more with you. So we'll yeah. see you next week. See you next week. Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? That was bloody brilliant.